watching the Soul Knox podcast, and I'm your host Carl Hikara, and this is the uh, second episode of this week, and uh, this is episode number sixty-eight. And this episode is going to be the uh, this month's uh, edition of Horror Hotel, and um, basically we're going to be having uh, my, my friend Mike Purdy, of course, uh, one of my best friends, who uh, does the Horror Hotel series with me, and uh, we're doing um, Demon Night, uh, Tales from the Crypt demon knight um which came out in 1995 so we talk about that movie um in great detail and um get into the history of it and how it got made and everything um i uh know surprisingly a lot about this movie because um um because of uh, some other podcasts there's the podcast uh, dads from the crypt which covers all the um, Tales from the Crypt uh, stuff uh, the, the TV show But they also cover all the movies So they cover this one They cover uh, uh, Bordello of Blood, etc And uh, yeah, they go in pretty good detail with this And then they also did interviews for the writers And the director And um, and a bunch of other people involved with the movie So I uh, got a lot of information from them Amongst other things So yeah Yeah uh, so yeah, share some of that information. But if you want to know more about the making of Demon Knight, I recommend going on uh, on that that podcast and checking it out. Um. So yeah. So that's what's up for this episode. And um, so I'm gonna get into the plugs, and then we'll get into the episode. Um, I'm part of a gang of horsemen of sorry, a gang of podcasters called the Horsemen of the Podcast Apocalypse. Uh, every other Monday, you have Brandon Legion with Horror Wolf Six Six Six. Every Tuesday, you have Into the Necrosphere with Jackie Schmidt. Every Wednesday, you have Everything Went Black with Mike Hill. Um, Mike and I obviously do our series split between Solnox and Everything Went Black called uh, Darkness Weaves. So the episode that just came out on Sunday was indeed this month's uh, Darkness Weaves. So check that out. It's the journey through the work of Carl Edward Wagner. We'll be closing out. Uh, we've been working our way through the book in, in the Lonely Place. And we'll be closing that out um, next month for Halloween on Everything Went Black. Then on uh, Thursdays, Mike Hill returns with Mike Scandato and Jeff Kashid with Necromaniacs. Then on um, uh, Fridays, you have uh, Break the Apocalypse, uh, or sorry, formerly known as Break the Apocalypse, now known as Spitball Media. And at random times, you got Iblis Manifestations with Cheyenne of Tribax. So those are all the horsemen. Be sure to follow everybody on social media. Uh, rate the podcast and whatever your podcast app of choice is. And, uh, you know, be sure to share it with friends. If you if you like the podcast, um, please share with everybody. And uh, it's well, great to, you know, spread the word. And, um, you know, be sure to go listen to all the podcasts. You can follow me either under my name or at Denver Underground Radio, which is the online radio station I run. Um, but I also use the Instagram as the uh, the landing page for the podcast and the and the radio station. I have shows uh, live every Tuesday and Thursday nights from 9 p.m. Mountain Standard Time, 11 p.m. Eastern Standard Time um, at DenverUndergroundRadio.com. Uh, Tuesdays is my show Darkland, which is black metal, death metal, etc., dark ambient. Thursdays is called uh, The Upstairs Room, and it's primarily dark wave, dark ambient, post-punk, this kinds of stuff, uh, um, goth, whatever, you know, all that kind of good stuff. And, uh, yeah, like I said, you can listen in live at denverundergroundradio.com. 
You can check out all the playlists on our Instagram, and you can also get links to all of our Spotify playlists because we build all our playlists in Spotify. So check that out. Um, and I'm also, I have a Patreon at patreon.com forward slash soul knocks podcast. So um, $2 a month and you get two to four bonus episodes a month. Um, just about to get uh, continue my Dracula series after about a month of kind of intermission. Um, so yeah, so we're going to be talking about Horror of Dracula and Brides of Dracula with my friend Joe. Uh, Joe Salino, if you have anybody else, you know, if you listen to the show, you'll know that we have our Satanism Spirituality series on the main podcast, but yeah, so he's going to make his, uh, his um, entry into the Patreon with that episode, um, which should be a lot of fun, I just watched both of those movies today, um, yeah, and getting into the Hammer era of Dracula and the of horror in general. I'm a huge fan of gothic horror from the Euro horror era in the 60s and uh, in the 70s. So, yeah, so um, so we'll be doing some more of that. Uh, probably do the Hammer. I just picked up Count Dracula, um, the Jess Franco one with Christopher Lee. I'm excited to check that out. I've heard really good things about it. And uh, if it is good, which uh, I mean, I hope it is because I bought it on Blu-ray, but uh, I'm going to uh, probably add that to my series along with the BBC Louis Jordan one as well. So, yeah, I've got a lot in store for you for my Dracula series. Um, got a total of, what, three? Uh, no, four. I got four Hammer episodes, so... We'll probably be uh, doing Hammer for the rest of the year and getting into beyond that after that. So, um, anyways, um, so yeah, so check it out. Uh, Patreon.com forward slash Soul Knox Podcast. Um, so, yeah, so let's get into the episode. Um, my friend Mike Purdy and I, with the next installment of Horror Tell, talking about Tales from the Crypt, Demon Knight. Hope you guys enjoy. Hail Satan. <laughs> episode of horror hotel let's see last week last month we did uh the fog right yeah yep and now it's uh 
Tales from the Crypt Demon Knight, um, which uh, I thought of because you bought you just bought the the 4K one one right? Yeah. And um, how did it look on 4K? It looks good, man. Like it's really crisp. Like they kept it still pretty gritty too, but it's just a little bit cleaned up more. Right. So. So it, it kind of it doesn't like it like still looks good on 4K. Yeah. And the detail's amazing for the uh, demons. Yeah, that's the thing with 4K is that, um, with some movies, I feel like with I feel like 4K is better for the older movies that did all practical and they did a good practical effects. Right. Where I feel like 4K is actually not very good for modern CGI heavy movies. Yeah. I don't know. It seems like that to me. It seems like when you watch a 4K on like a more modern movie, you can really it really makes the 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 CGI look more fake, you know? Oh, it does. Maybe not every movie, but a lot of movies I've seen in 4K, it seems like that. Like, like yeah. Oh, yeah, that looks I mean, you've watched a lot more movies in 4K than I have, but do you, do you feel like that's true? Oh, it is. I mean, it is. Like it's the newer modern horror movies do not look good on it. That's like, well, Scream looks okay on it, but you start getting into like the stuff with the heavier special effects, it you can see it washed out. So yeah, you're telling me that like Star Wars doesn't look like the new Star Wars movies don't look good don't look good in 4K, right? Not at all. But if you watch the originals, shit, but they it, look amazing. Probably except for the the special editions with like the 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 kind of cruddy CGI that they put in them. Yeah, yeah, that, that probably looks terrible. Those probably look a lot worse, but then the rest oh, of the yes, movie they do. amazing, yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah, um, yeah. That's the thing of with it's kind of funny with uh, the CGI thing, like how much people try to try to yeah. I feel like I feel like there's that's part of I feel like ever since four K that's part of the reason why I feel like there's been a big movement back to practical effects. And wonder, right. wonder if that's partly because people can now see the stuff in four K and go, Oh, <laughs> yeah, it really doesn't look very good with, with all these CGI effects. Like they're not, they don't hold up too good, you know. Yeah, yeah, but yeah. Of course, uh, Tales of Crypt presents Demonite, which I'm just gonna call Demonite from now on. Um, came out in 1995. Um, uh, directed by Ernest Tickerson, and um, and then we can go over the cast in a second, and then um. Yeah, it was produced by uh, Al Katz and Gilbert Adler. And I heard the producers for um, Tales from the Crypt had the show from season three on. Uh, so they produced the movie as well. And the right. screenplay was by um, 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 Ethan Reif and Cyrus Voris. With some rewrites done by Mark Bishop. Um and uh, the screenwriters had actually written the script in like 1988. Okay. Um, so I guess like the the kind of genesis behind the movie was that um, the screenwriters had had writ, writ, wrote it basically like they had like some type of thing where um, there's like some low budget movie maker in New York wanted to have like um, you know some idea you know wanted to try to find a movie to make or whatever and um they they came up they didn't have like 
they decided to you know be like yeah we have an idea and then they had a meeting on monday but they had the weekend to figure out what their what their idea actually was <laughs> right and, uh, and they came up with a treatment for demon knight which they said is pretty much stayed the essential concept of the of the movie and a lot of the aspects of it stayed consistent from the beginning uh-huh. um, and they said that um this like low budget producer had said i just want something that can be done in like one location so that was like the spark of where they just created the idea for the one location that's in the movie you know and um and then in the end that producer didn't want to go for it so then they um but they were like well we think our idea is really good like really solid so we're gonna make this into a spec script and um that became kind of like their calling card i guess like where you know they didn't where they were kind of like um trying to get it made they end up going to hollywood and um and i guess the movie had been the script had been optioned a few times at least one point tom holland i guess was the first person attached to it as a director okay yeah and um when so he was the first one and then that didn't happen and then um what's her name the director of uh pet cemetery mary um mary yeah uh forget her last name i do too is it um, chamber or something like that no i don't think so um okay. uh it's gonna bother me so let's look it up i'll look it up um pet cemetery um The movie was directed by Mary Lambert. Okay. Yeah. So yes, Mary Lambert was the next person attached to it. And then that didn't happen. And um, at a certain point, basically, they had some kind of connection, um, some in with Joel Silver, who is the producer, who's like the, you know, big producer guy for Tales from the Crypt and you know it says Silver's Silver's production or whatever I call it Tales from the Crypt like Tales from the Crypt the TV show was you know he was like the big producer right and um and then you had like the uh you know Rob Zemeckis and um I forget all the guys who were like the uh the other like they're like the core like kind of there's like a team of guys you know these like real big yeah. Hollywood guys um and they were all uh essentially um what's the word like uh and but joel silver was like kind of like the produce the, the overarching producer of the movies you know right of the show and everything like that um and um i'm trying to look up something it was uh Yeah, executive producers was Richard Donner, David Giller, Walter Hill, Joel Silver, and Robert Zemeckis. Those are the okay. those are the uh, the guys. So, but yeah, so Joel, so yeah, they had an in with Joel Silver, and I guess what happened was that they signed a deal, Tales from the Crypt, for making a movie with Universal as a distribution and funding. So Universal essentially. Um, they wanted to do the deal of like having three movies laid out. So I guess they already had two scripts. One that was supposed to be the follow up. Well, it would have should have been the follow up to Demon Knight, which is called Dead Easy. And then another movie, which I'm not sure what that was. And then they needed a third one. So they were trying to find something. So those ones they had written like in house, 
but they kind of needed another script. So they were like shopping around trying to find something else. The original one that was supposed to be the third movie at one point was going to be From Dust Till Dawn. Okay. Um, but then between, because From Dust Till Dawn was written in like 91 or 92, it was like one of Quentin Tarantino's first scripts. Right. And, um, and uh, I guess uh, between the point of when they were kind of aware of it and starting to talk about trying to pick it up for Tales in the Crypt and um, and the making of this movie in you know, 94, you got to think like you had Reservoir Dogs, Pulp Fiction, you know, all of a sudden yeah. Quentin Tarantino is like big deal. You know what I mean? So yeah, a little out of their out of their league at that point. Um, right. And then I think the Frighteners was another one that was in contention for it as well. OK. Um. But in the end, they found they were past the demon night because they because these guys had this connection through Joel Silver and somebody in the Silver Studios or whatever production, and they and everybody liked Demon Knight, and then they sent the scripts off to Universal, and Universal was like, um, "We want to make Demon Knight first. <laughs> like, <laughs> like so it was the last script that went in, but they that was the one that Universal liked the best, and they wanted to make that first. So, so that's okay. what ended up happening. Yeah." So that's why this movie was, yeah, came out first and was right. first and everything like that. And then, of course, there's a big long story behind why the second movie was Bordello of Blood instead of Dead Easy, but it's like a real complicated story. But right, um, yeah. So, you, so we got Demon Knight. Um, uh, Gil Adler was thinking about directing it, but they decided not to, so he could focus on producing. And they found Ernest Dickerson, who, of course, was a cinematographer for Spike Lee throughout the '80s. And he's right. a cinematographer on movies like Do the Right Thing and uh, and uh, Malcolm X and all these kind of movies. Um, but then he, he started making his own movies. His first one was Juice, made with uh, Tupac Shakur. He has been, you know. God, I remember that movie. Yeah, like uh, that was his first movie. That was his movie he had been trying to make since like the early 80s or something. Okay. And then he made a, another movie in between that was kind of a play on uh, The Most Dangerous Game, I guess. And okay. then, which I haven't seen, and then that was the movie that convinced the uh, producers to go with go with um, go with him as a director. So, and um, yeah, <clears throat> so that's how everything went into production. Um, and then they got Todd Masters, who was a uh, um, one of the guys to he did he did like he did all the the you know like the tales from the crypt like you know the uh, the intro and outro sections with like the crypt keeper he he created the whole crypt okay and then he but he was actually like he's like a special effects you know guy um right really um but they so he ended up like doing a lot of episodes of tales from the crypt over time so then they hired him to do the special effects and it was actually the funny thing is that at first they thought that they weren't going to be able to afford the demons in demon night like they were going to try to do some other thing where the demons were all like guys in like black suits <laughs> and, uh, and he's like no like we need a movie's called demon night people are going to hate this if they show up and they don't there's no demons in it you know yeah right so, so he like rethought how to do the demons and gave them a new budget so that they could actually do the demons within the budget you know right so yeah so he's he's the guy responsible for all the great effects in this movie like which is yeah, important part of this movie because this movie is is like, lives and dies on the effects, really. Yeah, yeah. Um, and yeah, so then we got uh the, the cast. We got Billy Zane as the collector, 
which of course is incredible. We'll, we'll definitely be talking more about him. Um, we got William Sadler as Frank Breaker. We got Jada Pinkett as Geraldine. And the reason she got um, cast was because of Ernest Dickerson, because he saw her in, I forget the movie that she was in before this. Oh, she started, okay. uh, he saw her in that and was like, yeah, like she's right for the character. The character. Um, you got Thomas Hayden Church as Roach. Uh, CCH Pounder as Irene. She's in, she's like one of those people. I mean, I'm, I know her from uh, Law and Order primarily, I think. So, right. Great actors. Yeah. Of course, you got John Cassier doing the voice of the Crypt Keeper. Um, you got Brenda ba- Backey as Cord- Cordelia. And, uh, the uh, the legend Dick Miller as Uncle Willie. He's, of course, uh, in like so many horror movies, you can't even count them. Um, you got Gary Farmer as Deputy Bob, Ryan O'Donohue as Danny, Charles Fleischer as Wally, and I guess Charles Fleischer did the voice for Ro- uh, Roger Rabbit. Oh, okay. Yeah. So, um, and then uh, let's see. You basically got uh, um, the other characters, and so John Shuck as Sheriff Tupper. Sherry Rose is Wanda. These are just people, other people, but yeah, like um, and uh, so yeah, so that that's your main characters. You also got a little a little uncredited cameo from John Larroquette in the uh, the opening section. <laughs> <laughs> um, so yeah, so I guess the movie was filmed on um, um, they literally just they went like Ernest Dickerson had the idea to because the whole movie set at night. And he didn't want to do right. like you know all night shoots, like so. His idea was instead of instead of doing this outside at a location at night or something, he built the whole set, including the exterior indoors, in like an old like aircraft um, hangar, so they could film at whatever time and, and it would be the right you know it would look right you know which I was probably a good idea you know right. Instead of having to like do all this complicated stuff and film it like overnight every night, wherever he's just, li- you know what I mean? <laughs> uh-huh. So yeah, but I guess we can go into the plot and then go from there. Um, oh. Of course, the movie starts off with uh, just like we start off with the the whole wraparound thing with the Crypt Keeper, just like it's the sheet show. Like it literally is like. Starts off just like the show. You got the music, yep. you got the opening thing. Um, and you got this like introduction section where, you know, uh, Crypt Keeper does his, his, says some stuff. And then we got like the scene of like this woman has this murdered her husband. And she's like, and you know, you're basically seeing her tits like covered in blood. <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. Like, it's, yeah. Yeah, she, then she's like getting in and like calling her, 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 her sweetheart and being like, hey, uh, I killed my husband. I come over so we can, you know, do whatever. And she, yeah. we see that she dumped her husband's body in like a vat of acid or something. And she's washing yeah. off his blood. And then he comes up and he's like stomping up the stairs, you know, and, and tries to attack her. And then all of a sudden we hear cut, cut. And yeah. the uh, Crypt Keeper, um, is it directing, directing, it's a movie or an episode of a TV show. And Crypt Keeper is actually directing the episode of the TV show. Yeah. And uh, and that's what we see as John Larroquette pulls up the mask on the uh, the hus- dead husband and you know all this stuff and 
then uh, Crypt Keeper goes into his actual introduction to Demon Knight, and we basically just cut right into, hey man, nice shot, and yeah. these guys driving down a like like speeding down a road, like like we're literally like in the middle of the story in a way, like you're just going right into it, you know what I mean? Yep. You got this like chase between Breaker and the Collector, played with Billy Zane. Yeah. Which, yeah. It's funny that we just saw Filter play uh-huh. live, like, you know what I mean? Yep. I forgot that the song was even in this movie, and then we were like, yeah, we went, we just saw Filter with Ministry and um, Rob Zombie and Alice Cooper, and it was just funny, you know, kind of ironic. Yeah, it was. Right. And, um, so yeah, they're, they're driving down. It's like a chase. Um, Somebody pointed, some of the podcasts, a lot of people point out that if you don't know the story at the beginning, you might not know who's the good and who's bad, really, you know? Yeah. Like, like Breaker seems like kind of like, you know, he looks like a low life. He's got his like leather jacket. He looks kind of like harried. And then you got, you know, Billy Zane looking all fancy with his cowboy hat and, you know, and white coat and stuff like So it's almost like they were trying to possibly mislead you into not knowing who's the good guy and who's the bad guy until later you know yeah yep. which uh yeah i wonder if, so, if somebody seeing this for the first time having no idea what it was might might still be might not know you know right but um yeah driving down i guess breaker's car is almost an empty he like pulls over makes the car a shield and starts shooting at the other car and it catches on fire and then Billy Zane's character just like drives right into it, basically. Yeah. Um, Breaker gets up and he like wanders off, or runs off, um, tries to steal a car from from this other place, and there's that's where you can see the the kid Danny who'll show up again later, like yeah. rats him out. So then he runs away from that place, um, and ends up running into Uncle Willie. Um, Uncle Willie. Yeah, played by uh, like I said, played by um, um, uh, my brains, uh, Dick Miller. Of course, yeah. uh, like you know, like I said, he's like a you know horror royalty in a way. I mean, he's in like so many horror movies. Like, oh yeah, that's crazy, you know. And um, yeah, he's great. He's playing this kind of alcoholic, down on his luck guy. He's not really anybody's uncle. That's just what they call him, <laughs> right? And uh, yeah, he's just kind of like. You know, I guess he's you know drinks and tries to help out at the uh, the boarding house that we go to. So he takes him to the boarding house, and um, yeah, it's funny because it's like out in the middle of nowhere. It's supposed to be like I guess an old mission, you know, right? So because the movie's you know set in the desert, and you got uh, yeah some like old mission, you know, uh, Adobe house, Adobe building, essentially, yeah, where there's this, like you know, boarding house. And uh, that's where we get introduced to the main characters. Um, you, like you said, you got a uh, um, CH Pounder as Irene, who's the lady who owns the place, and runs it. Um, you're introduced to uh, Jay Pinka is like working there. She's got a jail. She's like on a work release program, like helping out like the, the boarding house doing like the stuff that needs to be done there. Yeah. Um, you got Brenda Backey as Cordelia, who is a, a prostitute. 
who I guess must live there, but also sees clients, you know, I guess. Right. Um, and then, yeah, you got uh, Dick Miller's Uncle Willie. And then you're also introduced to uh, to Charles Fleischer's Wally, who's a post office guy who apparently got fired because they thought he was stealing mail. He claims that he wasn't, but we'll find out the truth later. And uh, yeah, and he got fired and he seems to be really into Cordelia, you know, like, like, yeah, like he's like all about her. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, so they're, they're, they're starting to, uh, yeah, I think they start to eat and stuff like that. And, and, um, and then we cut also to see that back at the crash, um, the cops show up. And they're there, and all of a sudden, out of nowhere, Billy Zanus walks right out of the out of the crash, like out of the fire, and he's fine. <laughs> no, <laughs> completely like, yeah, like perfect. You know what I mean? Carrying his like yeah. briefcase, like, and he's like talking about, oh, this guy's dangerous. Like, we need to, you know, we need this guy was chasing. Like, we need to, you need to help me, like, find him and all stuff like that. Cops are a little bit uh, suspicious of them, but the, they kind of go along for right now. Yeah. Um. They get they get word that somebody tried to break into a car, and that's when they they go to the place and they uh they start interviewing the uh, Danny and his parents. And yeah. So, um, and I forget exactly why, but Irene decides to call the cops on on Bre- Breaker. Yeah, I don't yeah. remember why either. I just. Is it just yeah. I guess she just doesn't trust him like she thinks oh no now I remember why um I remember now uh it's because fucking Roach shows up Roach That's is at right. that at that place and he tells them oh this guy tried to break into the car and steal a car and stuff and I think Irene thinks oh like I bet it's this guy you know and so she calls yep. the cops on him um and of course Roach is I guess Cordia's I don't know. I mean, he's he's like her boyfriend, I guess, but not really. You know, like right. he seems like a very possessive client of hers in a way. That's what I took from it. Um, but yeah, so then they all go upstairs uh, to do their business, and we start hearing them like having sex very loudly. <laughs> right. Um, and uh, all of a sudden, the cops show up, and they got the collector with them, with Billy Zane's character, and and. Uh, and there's like this kind of standoff and and uh, trying to take William Sadler into custody and and uh, Billy Zane's trying to like he's like oh uh, he can't find the, the this thing that that he says that was stolen from him and um and then um somebody like goes up and finds it or whatever out of Breaker's room because he hid it up there but yeah. um. Basically, uh, I guess, uh, um, you know, they're doing this stuff. And then the cops want to take him in, too. They want to take both of them down because they're like, uh, both of your cars were stolen, you know, like, probably not who you're telling us. And that's when we find out really what's going on because Billy Zane, all of a sudden, out of nowhere, shoves his fist through the sheriff's face. Ah, <laughs> uh, fuck it. <laughs> yeah, it is like fucking punches him in the face and his fist goes through his face. Yep. He's trying to pull it out 
and as he's pulling out, he pull, rips the head off, <laughs> and his fucking hand's like stuck in the head, <laughs> which is really funny. <laughs> oh, yeah. It's so it's it's kind of shocking and funny at the same time. You know what I mean? Right. And I, so that's kind of where we we figure out what's going on, and uh, and um, Breaker manages. So I guess to, so. This key has his blood in it. And he's able to seal, pushes Billy Zane out with it. I guess you know, and right. he seals the downstairs. And that's of course when we get the uh, immortal lines. Um, enough this cowboy shit is ho dunk po dunk motherfuckers. All the stuff <laughs> yeah. from Billy Zane, which is an amazing line. Yeah, worth the fucking skin you're printed on. Yeah, humans aren't worth the skin you're printed on. <laughs> right. After this dunk podunk shit, motherfuckers. <laughs> it's like I still, I think it's like his best role ever. I, I'm not gonna lie. I heard that Billy Zane thinks that is his his best role. Like this was like one of the ones he had most fun doing, right? Which you can see, like he he is eating up. Particularly now, like that he can like just go straight up like a thousand percent crazy. Like he's just going for it. Yeah. Like he's already kind of kind of going for, it, but he's like turning on more of his charm, you know. Yeah. Before that, you know, but now he's like. But I think the thing with, for me, with with the characters, I don't think I would have ever thought he was the good guy because there, no. even when he's playing charming, there's something kind of sinister about him. You know what I mean? He seems like he's lying. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Oh yeah. Like when he's talking to the sheriffs and stuff at the beginning, like you know, he comes out of that that crash. Yeah. So I don't I mean I don't know. I mean I don't think I was ever like uh taken in no. by him, you know. But uh so yeah, so now we kind of at this point we find out that there, there's demons, like he he cuts himself and these drops of blood go to the ground and all these these demons like come out and they're kinda of start off as like these kind of gremlin things and eventually grow real big, you know what I mean? Yeah. And the demons designs in this are amazing. Oh yeah. Like I I don't know, they're very unique and a lot of, and very original. Like yeah, they don't really look like anything I've seen before. Yeah. Um I guess maybe they have a little some people pointed out their comparisons to maybe like a little bit of an alien vibe at times, okay. you know, but uh I think that they look very unique and uh and I like how they kind of do remind me maybe a little bit of pumpkin head or something, I guess. Yeah, I can see that. You know? But they got hooves and you yeah. know, they're pretty cool demons. Yeah, they are. Like they really get big. So yeah, the, uh yeah, Breaker kind of seals the basement and then there's this whole kind of conflict between everybody, particularly between Roach and him. Yeah. Roach wants to, to just get the fuck out of there and um, yeah, I believe he tries. He tries to. Does he, uh, he use Cordelia as a human shield trying to exit the place or something? I forget. Yeah. Yeah, he tries trying to go. He's using, I think, Cordelia as a as a shield. Wally saves her, and they all come back in because yeah, I feel like they're and uh, part of that is he shoots the eyes. So the eyes of the demons are what kills them, basically. You know. Yeah. You have to shoot their eyes out and. Uh, but the problem is when you do that, there's like this lightning bolt of energy that comes out and that hits yeah. Wally, but it doesn't kill him, but, you know, knocked him out. They get back in, you know, and Breaker tries to explain to them, like, all you have to do is survive the night and that's it. 
and uh you know but uh but of course people break off onto their own things and that's when we kind of figure out that even though the collector is outside um he can still like kind of uh you know get to people you know what i mean and try to yeah. try to try to seduce them over to his side and become demons you know yeah and i think is it around now where breaker finally tells them what's going on like the story yeah 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 so it's kind of like essentially at the dawn of time the demons you know it was before light was made the demons tried to take control of everything so that everything would be in endless darkness by creating these these keys of some sort that let them take control there's seven of them when uh i guess when the creator or whatever realized this he managed to uh i guess create daylight to, and then also managed to kind of set people take them take these keys from the demons of the and put them in the keeping of these demon knights and these 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 keys are I guess like spread out across the universe, like, yeah. like in other other worlds or I don't know other dimensions or you know it's not really clear where the other yeah. six keys are, but this one key is in 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 Earth, and at this point I guess all the other keys are in the in the demons' hands. There's only one key left that's keeping all of creation essentially from the uh, becoming like a a demon realm essentially, you know. Yeah, and um. And uh, we, yeah, we we kind of find out that uh, that um, I guess like part of part of the way that they they do has the keys filled with like holy blood essentially, and then whoever is the demon knight kind of gains this holy holy blood. They have this like tattoo on their hand that has the seven stars. Yeah. Um, and uh, yeah, and I guess I'm like a few things are a little fuzzy as we learn is that I, I guess like you only have a, a limited space of time as a demon knight, I guess. So like, right, that's what it seems like. And that, I mean, it's, it's a while, like, I mean, he became a demon knight and like during world war one. So yeah. then, like, you know, he would be like 90 years old at this point. Right. But he's, he's not, right. you know, he looks like he's 30. Whoever gets, becomes a demon knight stays the same age when they became a demon knight, but it has to be passed on from one to the other. And it seems like, the they have like a limited time or you know like he seems to know that this is the point in which you know like i guess like maybe the stars are right or some there's some type of some type of cosmic level where he's aware of the fact that that this might be his last night like you know he has to pass it on or, or try to survive or you know yeah. something like that there seems to be something with the number of people there too like there's um seven people there or whatever yeah that that's part of how that resets it or whatever so ever surprised the night be can become a demon knight or something i'm not i'm kind of confused about that yeah i always do but uh you just kind of have to go with it yeah. <laughs> there's a few things with the with it where he's gonna go <laughs> yeah. so anyway so yeah so the demon so the key is filled with this holy blood and uh and yeah he uses it to to seal off the doors and everything and it creates like this like force field that demons can't cross um but uh but but Billy Zane's character can still kind of infiltrate and seduce people when people are on their own. Yeah. Can't seem to do it when they're together, it's harder, but when they're on their own, so eventually people break off 
and um, is it, I think Cordelia, Cordelia is the first one. Yep, she's the first one. And that's how you find us out. Like she goes up to her, she, she's like came out Wally, and then uh, I remember now like uh, Roachick drags her upstairs, right, or something, and yeah. Gets all mad at her because she's like, "What do you care about Raleigh and all this stuff?" And he slaps her and storms out, and then she's by herself. Yeah, because uh, Roach is a piece of shit. Yeah, and uh, yeah, one thing I did want to mention before we get to this is when the cops got there earlier and they gather everybody together in the in the main room. Yeah, and they go and open Cordelia's door, and she's like oh. riding him, and he's got like the uh, the battery, yeah. like the. The battery attached to his nipples. <laughs> yep. <That's> so funny. <laughs> oh, it is. He's like, my nipples are smoking. <laughs> yeah. I was like, oh my god. I mean, people people are into that kind of stuff, though. I said this is a real thing. I think. Yeah. Right. Which is weird. But anyway, so yeah, I, I just forgot to mention that. That was funny. Right. That is funny though. Yeah. So she becomes the first one to fall. Uh, he gives, you know, he seduces her, and then she gets to somehow becomes gets the demon inside of her, and uh, yeah, and she seduces Wally and kills him, right? Like, yeah, and uh, and becomes a big full fledged demon, and then there's kind of a, a shootout, and uh, yeah, it's gross too, cause cause I think Breaker shoots her in the back of the head of. With a shotgun or something, and her eyes pop yeah. out, and then he has to shoot the, the eyes. <laughs> yeah, pretty nasty. Like her, and I guess her her demon form was supposed to initially be worse. Oh, was so it? The, so the idea that Ernest Dickerson and the writers had was they wanted to have um, a pussy monster, basically. Like they wanted her vagina to like get like these teeth and like grow and become like this demon vagina that was gonna like pull like Wally in and like bite his head up bite him off his head off or whatever like in her vagina or something. <laughs> oh wow. <laughs> but I guess that the studio's like no pussy monster. <laughs> right. Or, they weren't allowed to do that. <laughs> <laughs> so <laughs> that's funny. Yeah the uh and the makeup cool is so cool when they turn into demons. I mean their eyes are yep. glowing. And yeah, I mean, and they have glowing blood, like like when earlier when when the collector spilled his blood to, to get the bring the demons up, his blood's like glowing, like it's literally glow stick blood. <laughs> yep. It's made out of glow stick stuff, but uh, yeah. So like all their eyes, and their eyes are done with like some type of contact that glue glows under black light. So that's how they got that effect. And it looks really right. good. Oh yeah. Um. So yeah. So then, um, thing about the movie is that at this point things are moving so fast. Yeah. That it's like hard to keep track of the order of things happening sometimes. Right. You know? Because it's just like literally like at this point on is like a roller coaster. It's like one thing after another after another. No. Yep. Um. I believe also in the fight with Cordelia, Irene's arm gets ripped off too. Yeah. Yeah, like because her arm gets like trapped on like the door, and Cordelia Demon like rips her arm off basically. Yeah, it's pretty brutal. Yeah, it is. <laughs> and they like you know, you know she doesn't die though. They they like get get it staunched or whatever. Um, and uh, yeah, I think that uh, um, 
at one point the collector tries to seduce her as well like with a new arm like on a platter yeah that's so funny and then she holds it up and he's like yes she's like that's me giving you the middle finger <laughs> it's like, i'll come back yeah <laughs> so technically uh if irene had survived which yeah spoiler she does not survive if she had uh, she probably could have been Demon Knight too because she uh, she refused the demon, you know, the collector. Okay. Yeah. Um, but because uh, I think that's that's the thing is whoever survives or doesn't, you know, uh, give in to the collector could become a demon. Right. But um, yeah. At some point, like there's the cat, and the cat keeps getting in and out, and they're like, "How is the cat getting in and out?" So they go downstairs, and they realize that there's just like tunnels underneath. And that's how the cat's getting it out. They go, and Roach's like, "Oh, let's let's go down. Let's get out of here." So he tried to go through the thing, even though Breaker's like, "No, no, let's just, like, just seal it off." And um, and then they encounter Danny, the kid we saw earlier, has gone under there because her par- his parents turned into demons. Yeah. And and then we, they get they get attacked by them and stuff, and they're running back. They get back into the thing, and the demons can't get through the portal. But then stupid old fucking Roach. <laughs> shoots him and breaks the portal in the process somehow. You know, that's just this out is I guess it's rules. Yep. But yeah, so then so then they have to keep running because then the demons are getting can get in. Um and they have to go up to the second floor and seal that off. So now they're all up on the second floor. And um yeah, then we see Geraldine like he tries to seduce her, but she doesn't fall either. Um, and, um, and then we also see like Uncle Willie and Danny are together. And then, uh, um, uh, Uncle Willie's, uh, seduction scene, I think is one of the funniest ones. Yes, it is. He just walks in a room and all of a sudden he, he looks like he's, he's like in a bar with all these like topless women. <laughs> like, like Uncle Willie's. Yeah. Yeah. They're all like always like porn. Like some of them are like uh, porn stars from the time, from what I understand. Right. Like most, like a lot of them were. So yeah, I was watching. I was like, these were either porn stars or Playboy one of the two. Yeah, yeah, both. Yeah. So yeah, so um, so yeah, so they're they're all in there like, um, topless like, and uh, and then you see like the collector like, <laughs> looking like some douchey guy with like his like you know like yacht outfit on with his like captain's hat and stuff and yeah and uh uncle willie uh gives in rather quickly <laughs> yeah. and uh and then he attacks danny and then they they manage to take out uncle willie i forget exactly how they take him out uh he used that sword and cut off his head oh okay and then they have to kill the eyes still because he keeps coming out because he starts choking uh, Sadler. That's right. Yeah, like like uh, they cut off his head, and then his body's still doing stuff. And then I think the kid, ha- I think the kid Danny, like, yeah, like squashes his head somehow or pops out his eyes. Yeah, like yeah, that's right. Uh, which is yeah, all these like demon scenes like these are great. Like, oh yeah, they like look great. You know, they're very tense. You know, good action scenes. Yeah. Um. And then uh, I believe uh, they end up having to like go up to the attic, 
Oh yeah, now um if I remember correctly, they go to the attic. That's where that's where Willie and, and Danny were. And they find yeah. like this like trunk full of uh guns that don't have bullets and the and the whole like this like vest of grenades basically and they realized that that wally really was uh crazy and he was stealing people's mail <laughs> and he yep. was planning on going and like going postal literally going like blowing up the fucking going suicide mission at the, at the post office so <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> which i yeah wally got killed earlier right cordelia yeah um but yeah so now they have this like grenade vest i guess you know and, and uh irene puts that on and um and then uh roach uh, i think at one point during one of the fights that actually managed to uh to steal the the key yeah because actually when they're doing that conversation when he goes over everything with them again oh yeah that's when he yeah, i wasn't couldn't remember when he steals it yeah because he shakes his hand he's like I should, I, now i'm you know sorry man shit i believe he still do yeah so he steals the key he uh, like Goes like I'm gonna make it. Let's make a deal with the collector. He's like, I'll give you the key. You let me go. You know he yeah. apparently doesn't care that he's you know damning everybody to demon demon worlds because he has hemorrhoids. Which <laughs> yeah. is funny. I guess a lot of a lot of his stuff was um, improvised by uh, what's the name of the actor? Oh, Thomas Saint Church. Yeah, like even like the 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 being electrocuted with the the. That, that scene where where there's like the the battery like on his nipples yeah like that was all that was like his idea <laughs> oh, nice. like he came up with like all the like funny weird stuff like that and nice um so yeah so and then of course another scene that was improvised was when uh billy zane's like uh, i need you to break the blood seal and he uh a fucking like uh uh sponge comes out of his mouth i love that yeah, that was Billy Zane. He created. He came up with that idea. Oh, really? <laughs> yeah, nice. That was his idea for that. <laughs> <laughs> All of a sudden, like this sponge comes out of his mouth, and he right. takes, Roach takes it, wipes the blood, and he's like, "Good dealing with you." And he goes down, and then he's like, "He's like Roach." He's like, "What?" I lied, and all of a sudden he starts getting eaten by the demons, <laughs> which is an amazing line. Yeah, amazing it is. part of it. Because, yeah, Roach is a fucking piece of shit, you know, so you, yep. you're, you're happy when he gets killed. Oh, yeah. Um, but, yeah, now they're, now they're upstairs, and they're trying to retreat up to the attic, and um, and uh, they, uh, the deputy is still alive, and Irene blow themselves up, basically, and the demons come out of them. Yeah. And they get upstairs, and then um, I think that's when Danny gets possessed, basically. Yeah. Um, and he gets possessed basically through Tales from the Crypt comic, which is real funny. Yeah, it is. And uh, and yeah, his his fucking demon is crazy. He's like his big old head, like chomped down on fucking William Sadler. Yeah. And uh, that's basically what like, William Sadler gets. So eventually, yeah, like Geraldine has to like um kills kill kills the kid by throwing him through the the blood barrier, basically. So, yeah. which is amazing, like blows him up, and like you, you see this, like his like smoking shoe hit the ground. Yeah, William Sadler has now been damaged enough by by the, the demon that he's dying. Yeah, and that's when he passes on the demon knight. He passes the key and everything on to uh, Geraldine. Yeah, and uh, so now she's the demon knight. You know, 
And um, Zerolyn, like saying her name wrong. Um, right. So this is like the final confrontation of the movie with uh, you got fucking. I love the scene when Billy Zane comes up and he's like, oh, did you hurt yourself and all this stuff? And she's all covered in blood. Yeah, and she's like, "It's not my blood," and she like grabs him, and he's like burning, like because it's because he put she put the blood of uh, a break, breaker all over his body, her body. Yeah, and, yeah, that's great. Yeah, and then he jumps down, and she has to come down and try to try to hunt him. And then I love what he does. He like pulls a shower curtain around her so he can't touch her, and tries to wash off the blood. <laughs> yeah. But then in the process of all of this, like he's trying to empty out the the key and she grabs it and like you can see her put like the blood is left in the key in her mouth, right? Yep. And then so you're watching and you have this whole literally this whole scene which is basically being like driven by Billy Zane. Just making right. he's pretty much you know, he's only she can't say anything, so he's just saying stuff and he's like he's trying to seduce her. So that he can not only bring the key back, but bring a demon knight as well, because no one, no one's ever done that, right? Yeah. He wants to bring a demon knight with, to hell, and you get the sensation that, you know, we find out earlier that that there was there's like low level demons, you know, there's different levels of demons. I always yeah. get the sensation that he's like a mid level demon who's trying to imp- impress his bosses. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> yeah. He's like, maybe if I do this, then I'll get a promotion type of type of thing. You know what I right. mean? Right. And um, and then he like says all kind of like he's like he's like I love you, you know, <laughs> like he can't say love. Love <laughs> you, <laughs> which is so funny. It's like he physically can't say the word love. It's so funny. Yeah. Um, and yeah, he's like dancing around with her, like doing all this stuff, and then uh, finally she just spits the blood out on his face. Yeah. He starts burning, and and you see his face burn, and then. You see his true form revealed, which is like this like demon form, which is really cool. Oh yeah, it and is. that burns up, and and you know, and that's kind of it's kind of the the culmination of the action in the movie. Yeah, and Geraldine is fills up the the key with with Breaker's blood, and then we next see her out in the desert, and she gets on a bus, and before she gets on, she seals the door for the bus, and the bus starts driving away, and we see. A guy all in black, you know, looking yeah. like you know the next collector, and and I love the part where he like pulls up to him, and he's like, "Nah, next one," you know, because <laughs> he knows he can't get on it. <laughs> just the look on his face when he like the actor who plays that part, he just looks so disgusted too, right? You know, <laughs> like he looks at the things like, "No." Nah. <laughs> uh-huh. And then of course we end with the. Crypt Keeper going to the the opening of Demon Knight with like a couple models. Yeah. And they're like, they gave me final cut and they like cut off his head with a guillotine. Yeah. Yeah. And that's how the movie ends. <laughs> it's such a good movie. Yeah. So yeah, the uh I feel like it's one of those movies like not a second is wasted in this movie. Right. I mean it's like what, ninety minutes and it just it goes by fast, like um nothing there's no second wasted like there's no boring moments in the movie at all no and just fucking it's like exciting throughout the whole movie 
You got amazing. I think one of the best things about this movie is the cast. Like, I just think that if you had anybody else playing Billy Zane and William Sadler's character, like, I don't, and even Jada Pinkett, I just don't think it would work, you know? I don't either. Like, because you have the people that they had and the director they had and the whole thing they had, I think that's what makes the movie good, you know? Yeah. Totally yeah. agree. And yeah, and I think having Todd Masters doing the. I don't think that you could have made it either without Todd Masters doing the, the special effects because the special effects in this movie are, are amazing. Right. Like, in this time period, 1995, I mean, a lot of people kind of see that as being kind of like a lower point in, in horror movie history. Right. Which I don't know 100% if I agree with this because, you know, I mean, we got, you know... um and Mouth of Madness came out like in 94. Right. You got this movie in 95. There are other good horror movies from this time period, I feel like. I mean, maybe, oh, yeah. it's, maybe it's a lesser time comparison to the 70s and 80s, you know. Right. And then the, the boom of the 2000s, you know. But, uh, you know, and this is right before you got that got Scream in 96. So, I don't know. I mean, this is definitely a 90s horror movie, in my opinion. Like, it definitely oh, has that. that 90s vibe, you know what I mean? Yep. Oh, yeah. I don't know why I'm taking me to go see it. I was 12 going on 13. I'd be 13 in a few months, but I remember going to see it with her in theaters. Yeah, she took she took you to see Demon Knight? Yeah, because I always watch Tales from the Crypt at home, so she's like, ah, what the hell, thank you. Yeah, I mean, there's not much worse in this movie than you'd see in a regular Tales from the Crypt episode, you know? <laughs> right, Exactly. I got kicked out of school for my Demon Knight t-shirt. <laughs> yeah, like, I'm sure they weren't very happy about that. No. They're like, you need to have somebody come give you a new shirt. <laughs> so that's the 90s. They're like, everybody's all paranoid about satanic stuff or whatever in that time. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, that shit didn't fly very good. No. The, um... Yeah, I mean, I'm sure you... Did you love it when you were a kid? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I love that movie. Again, I bought it on VHS when it came out where you could buy it. Yeah, uh, so you, you watch this a lot as a kid, right? Yeah. But yeah, yeah you, I mean, I was so into the Crypt Creeper just in general. Yeah, me too. I mean, I I think that, um, because I remember watching Tales from the Crypt as a kid, and then, but we didn't, I don't remember us having HBOs really. Except right. for sometimes, like my dad, you know, sometimes you could get free, like, periods where you could get it, you know, from the cable company. Yeah, so I think every once in a while we had HBO like like that. My dad didn't really want to pay that much for it, but so I was like, for a long time I was like, how did I see it when I was a kid? Like I don't quite remember. But then I found out that Fox actually ran Tales from the Crypt episodes kind of censored for regular TV. Okay, for a while, for a few years. So I'm like, that's how I saw it. Obviously, saw it on Fox, you know. And then of course they had Tales from the Crypt Keeper cartoon show as well. Yep. Which uh, all the episodes for that are all on YouTube, so you can watch that. I watched a few episodes, yeah, uh, you know, just for the just for the fun of it. I watched a few episodes, and right, yeah, I mean, it actually doesn't it actually kind of holds up even as an adult, you know. Nice. I have that Tales from the Crypt uh, mask. I think I've showed it to you. Yeah, I remember that. I've had that since like the seventh grade. Yeah, I mean, Tales from the Crypt was a huge thing in the early '90s. You know, like yep. you know, like. Uh, Crypt Keeper stuff was everywhere, you know. Um, 
you know, like the costumes, the masks, the, the figure was, you know, I had Crypt Keeper action figures for the Tales from the Crypt Keeper show. You know, I had all those action figures. Um, and of course, they even had that that weird uh, kids game show show on that was Crypt Keeper show. You remember that? Yeah. Which was it was kind of like they had those shows where there were kids like had to like go across like obstacle courses like in the jungle and stuff. I mean, not juggle, but you know, what I mean, like kind of yeah. like kind of like I remember there was one like that that was like kind of Indiana Jones esque. Oh yeah, 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 yeah. Hidden Temple or whatever it was called. Yeah, and I felt that was like the Tales from the Crypt one was like it was like they had to go through these obstacle courses or whatever, right. and they were kind of horror themed instead. And they had the the Crypt Keeper and John Cassier doing the voice and everything. Yeah, actually, funny thing, so I had to do a book report in middle school, and I chose Goosebumps Welcome to Dead House. Yeah. So next to me, so he came over, and we made it. We filmed like as a Tales from the Crypt episode. Oh really? Yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, and that was the time. Yeah, like Goosebumps, was such a huge thing. I mean, I remember when Goosebumps came out and just being like obsessed. You know, like I had all the, like, you know, all the books I could get. You know, and uh, yeah, and uh, of course you had the TV show. I mean, the show started at what ninety four. The the Goosebumps show. Yeah, I think Goosebumps started ninety four, ninety four, ninety five. Yeah, I remember watching that. You know religiously like yeah every time every 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 day that it was on you know <laughs> well i used to watch it still to this day every year like i actually be watching it now on netflix but yeah, yeah i heard it took it off so i i saw that they put it back on oh did they yeah I, well i got netflix again because t-mobile now gives it to me for free yeah i mean let me double check but uh, i'm pretty sure that they uh they put it back on. I, I feel like I added it to my list. Um, let me see. Um, my list, yes. Let's see. Um, yeah, it's back on. It's on Netflix now. Wait. So you can do your yearly watch through and then take it off. Nice. I'm going to watch it. Thank you for letting me know that, sir. Yeah, I don't think they ever took it off either because it still shows all the episodes I watched. Okay, yeah, because once I remember, like when I still had Netflix, they're like, "Oh, it's going off." I was like, "What?" Because they kept saying, "This is your last time to watch it." Oh, let me see something. Do they have? Oh, they only have season one. Oh, so they took all the other ones off. Yeah. So, so there's only the 12, 12 episodes. Okay. Season one, because because I, I don't remember how many seasons was there. There was so there was actually like four seasons or five, but Netflix did it so weird because they didn't put them in order. Yeah. So yeah, so there's only 12, 12 episodes. Okay. Unfortunately, so yeah, so they did take it off the whole show, which is right stupid. But yeah, I remember. Yeah, I watched through a lot of that a few years ago. And uh, I think it's all up. Of course, he had Are, Are You Afraid of the Dark, which is another yeah. great show from that time, which is all on YouTube as well. Yeah, I saw that. I was like, I got to watch those. I remember loving that show, too. Yeah, I think I'm definitely going to watch that show just during this Halloween time when I'm not watching horror movies. Yeah. Um. Yeah, I mean, this was that time, you know, Tales from the Crypt was a big thing, even though it was adult and themed and stuff like that. I mean, it was pretty attractive to kids at the same time, you know? Uh-huh. Like, 
And I feel like Demon Knight, even with kind of the, you know, even though you got a scene where she's riding him with the nipple, his nipples and all that stuff, like, I feel like a kid could watch this no problem, really. You know, I mean, like, no, like it's... You wouldn't even get it. Yeah, if you're a kid, you wouldn't get it. And I think you'd just be like, oh, cool, look at the demons. You know, like, you'd be like... Um, I feel like this movie is it's 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 not like the effects are like fun. They're not like gross. You know what I mean? And 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 the movie as a whole is very like like I would you know I I would if I had seen this when I was a little kid or something, I probably would have no problem with it. You know what I mean? Yeah, I mean, I saw like I said, I was twelve. I mean, I was older, of course, but, but you you know. you'd you'd already seen like Nightmare on Elm Street and shit. Yeah. You know, so like, at that point, I was like, oh, that's cool. <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I saw Nightmare on Elm Street on seven. Like this movie was, you know, like not gonna freak you out. I mean, if anything, like, um, I mean, I didn't see it in the theaters or nothing. Like, see, so because I was, uh, I mean, I was what eight years old when it came out. Yeah. Um, I remember renting it. You know, maybe a, a year or two later. Right. So. You know, I remember renting this one. I remember getting Bordello of Blood as well. You know, like and yeah. watching those like, but um, surprisingly, like, Demon Knight was not one that I watched over and over again. You know what I mean? Like, I hadn't seen Demon Knight in a long time, which I'm surprised by because I mean, I love this movie. You know? Yeah. But it was just like one of those ones where I guess maybe over time it didn't think about it too much or whatever. But then I. Uh, I think partly too. I mean, um, I you know I think it was last year I got real back into Tales from the Crypt, watching like a lot of the seasons, and then yep. picked up the movie again, and um, you know, like I don't know, it's just one of those, you know, it's one of those movies that sometimes like sometimes certain things fall off, and you don't watch it for a long time. You know what I mean? Yeah. Oh yeah, dude. But I think after rewatching this now, I'm like, man, I'm probably gonna rewatch this pretty regularly because it's like a lot of fun. Yeah, it is. Always cracks me up the activities like she's she and she survived. She's living a great life now. I got a postcard from the other day. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the um the funny thing about about the thing about it was that um yeah the, the writers of the movie, I guess, said that they they had ideas for two more sequels if they could have made them. Like uh I guess their their idea for the second movie was gonna be uh, Jada Pinkett like in the city basically okay like in an urban kind of location like a bit mm-hmm. more urban vibe um and something similar going on like you know the collectors are going to get to her and it's like more of an urban environment right which would have been cool i know Aaron stickerson has said in interviews that he would love to do a sequel to this but but only if he could get jada pinkett back and have her her revise the role right which i mean you could still do it i mean and you know yeah. they could they could totally do that. Jada Pinkett doesn't look that much different now than she did then. <laughs> really? So uh, you know I, that'd be really cool. Um, but yeah, the uh, I feel like this movie to me like the obvious influences on this movie that I know were also influences for the people who made it. Uh, some of them was like the Evil Dead. Yeah, I could definitely see that. Yeah. I definitely feel like Evil Dead was had to have been, you know, I know that the writers said that was an influence on them because, I mean, obviously the whole thing, you're set in one place, they're out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah. The evil 
somehow manages to infect people and they turn into these demons. Like it literally is like like very much Evil Dead, you know? Right. Um, I know the aliens, the set, you know, was a yeah. big influence on everybody. And I mean, and it has a lot of those kind of beats of aliens where uh, you got like the Irene and the deputy like committing suicide, kind of like how um, what's her yeah. name does and and uh, Bill and Bill Paxton's character and uh, aliens, you know, yeah, um, where they commit suicide to like help everybody else, and it has a lot of those kind of beats to it. I know that was a big influence on Ernest Dickerson as a director and also the writers, right? Um, yeah, like I really feel. Definitely the uh, Evil Dead influences, you know, very oh, yeah. especially, especially when you first, like when Irene first turns around as the demon. Yeah. Like the right. way it looks, it's so Evil Dead. Cordelia. I mean, Cordelia, yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it's very Evil Dead. And very much like, in a lot of ways, clo- kind of closer to what they did on the Evil Dead Rise, in a lot of ways, like with the kind of right. and stuff. Like, yeah. Um, but yeah, but but then they become much more monstrous in this movie, which I really like. You know, yeah, they're like proper monsters. the uh, The other thing that I felt like this probably was influenced by is probably Night of the Demons. Oh yeah, and the movie Demons by Argento. You know, yeah, like but now you know Night of the Demons is like I, mean, I love that movie. It's so good. Oh yeah, it is. It's a good Halloween movie. Yes, it is. And again, it's like people possessed throughout and like a you know partying down at the fucking abandoned like house or whatever for Halloween and everything like it's yeah yeah they all get turned into monsters but yeah I think part of part of what really works for this movie is the simplicity you know it doesn't let it just goes straight into it it doesn't let up you know you get a really great monologue from William Sadler telling the whole backstory you know right um there's other things that you know and the mythology stuff you kind of have to uh, figure out from watching the movie i mean i feel like this movie definitely you know if you watch it multiple times you probably can understand certain things because they did a lot of show and not tell with like what's going on right um you know yeah like i said it's very simple it's very like primal storyline you know like like kind of that's you know probably a big part of why it was one first one universal was like, yeah, let's make that one, you know? Yeah. I think like, and the thing that's crazy to me is that I guess the movie was like very, like critics hated this movie. Like it, it's got like a 30% on rotten tomatoes from critics. Oh, wow. Yeah. It's like a 30% from critics, but then like a 64 or something from audiences and I don't, every other place it's usually, you know, 3.5 out of five or something like this, you know, like, like right. people love this movie, but but critics like panned it, I guess, when it came out, which is crazy, you know. Yeah, it is. I don't really understand that, you know. I mean, that happens a lot with with horror movies, you know. Yeah. I guess it can happen either way. There's there's a lot of movies that critics hate that that I love, and then there's certain movies that I kind of you know I agree with the critics, but and, and then like the audience hates, you know, mm-hmm. like. I love the witch, and that was a critical darling as well. But the, right. the the audience score is horrible for it, you know. Right. But that's one of the movies where I'm like, the audience score is horrible because people are too stupid to actually get the movie. You know what I mean? Yeah. <laughs> like uh-huh. a lot of a lot of people are. But then there's other movies like this one that that is the opposite, where the critics hate it, and it's like. Right. Like I've heard, like another one that's kind of confusing that just came out is that Talk to Me movie. 
Right. I haven't watched it yet, but I don't know a single person who liked that movie. Uh-huh. Like, I know a lot of people who've seen that movie. Not, none of them liked it. Okay. And some of them even hated it. Right. And you're like, and yet that movie is like being like, you know, really like just like, um, you know, it's being very like, every, you know, all these people are like, it's so great. You know, it's better. You know, you know what I mean? Yeah. Like the critic, it's like very critically acclaimed, but I don't know an actual person who liked that movie, you know? Right. It's kind of like everybody loves Barbarian. I'm just like, yeah. Yeah. Like I didn't really get the, get the, the hype about that really. Like, you know? Yeah. I, didn't, like, I watched I, it, but. Yeah. I just don't, that's another one. I didn't really quite get, get the hype about it. Yeah. Like, yeah. I haven't seen talk to me yet. I mean, I guess right. I'm gonna go check it out, but yeah, I don't know anybody who's liked it. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. Like, yeah, but I mean, um, but yeah. So, if a uh, Demon Knight, um, what would you rate Demon Knight out of one to five skulls? I would give it four and a half skulls. Yeah, I'd give it four and a half as well. It didn't quite get the fifth skull, the full fifth skull, because of, there's a few things that don't quite make sense. Yeah. They're a little fuzzy. You know what I mean? You kind of go along with it, and you're like, just enjoy the movie. Yeah. But it's still a little bit like, um, it's a little fuzzy on certain parts. You're not quite, not quite sure, you know, right. certain things. But but yeah, I mean, I think this is an amazing movie. I mean, it's it's, it's definitely, definitely where, like, if somebody hasn't seen it, they should watch it, you know? Oh yeah. Um. Yeah. Uh. Maybe eventually we'll do Bordello of Blood as well, but yeah, not. <laughs> <laughs> I'll see. You. I haven't watched that in forever. Yeah, I don't think I've seen that since I was whenever it came out. Yeah, I mean, either once when I rented it, and that's it's about it. Yeah, yeah, I haven't seen it since the nineties, so. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then um. Yeah, next month we'll we'll have our Friday the thirteenth mega show. Yeah. We're gonna go through all of them. I may or may not watch every single movie. Right. That's okay. <laughs> yeah. I mean I I'm gonna I'm gonna to I was thinking about it as like there's some movies like I know so well. Yeah. And some of them I I could warrant a rewatch, but I probably not gonna rewatch Jason goes to Manhattan. Yeah, I don't blame you. Yeah, I'm definitely I'm definitely gonna watch Jason goes to Hell because I don't. I'm, yeah, I'm probably gonna rewatch. Um, I'm gonna really try to re- rewatch the first seven. Right. Particularly, uh, yeah, four, six, and seven, which are the ones I like the best. <laughs> yeah. I always watch seven on Friday the Thirteenth. Yeah. Yeah. And uh. And uh, yeah, probably not. I'm probably not gonna spend. Yeah, because uh, Jason takes Manhattan is is horrible. Yeah. Spoiler for my thoughts on that movie, but uh, right. Yeah, same here. <laughs> but uh, and and I gotta watch Jason Goes to Hell because I don't remember that movie at all. Right. Uh, and uh, yeah, I've I've never seen Jason X. So. No, that's always something. <laughs> um, and then yeah, if we. We can. We'll try to get in um, House of Thousand Corpses as well, right? right. Yeah. Did you want to? I mean, do you want to do both 
House Thousand and Devil's Rejects are just one of, or the, just House. Dude, I'm cool with both or either just one. Like, if you don't want to do Devils, that's fine with me. I get it. Yeah, we'll see. Cool. I mean, I probably wouldn't do it. I mean, it might be, we could talk about it. Like, I mean, and uh, obviously we're not going to, like, uh, kind of in relation to each other in a way. Right. Like, the differences and all that kind of stuff could be an interesting thing to talk about, so. The, uh, so yeah, so we probably can talk about talk about both, but yeah, I, I keep forgetting I need to check and see if their tickets still available for uh, for that showing House Thousand Corpses, which would be uh, pretty appropriate if we could go see it in theaters. Right. Uh, I need to I need to pull up the uh, I have it saved on my phone like the uh, website. If it is, I'll try to I'll get tickets to go see it. But in this case, we'll just watch it watch it on Blu-ray. I need. I'm gonna. Right. Need to, I need to order the uh, the one that I got you for your birthday. Oh yeah, like get that for myself as well. Because I don't own House Thousand Corpses uh, at all. Like uh, I, I, my uh, my ex ended up with that or the DVD of it, and uh, I was like, oh, I'll just buy another one. I just hadn't got around to buying one, so I'm like, perfect opportunity. I'll just buy the Blu-ray. <laughs> right. Yeah, and we're gonna go see the new Saw movie next week. Yes, we are. So I'll be like, yeah, yeah. Oh, so yeah. Next time we can uh, we can give a little update about what we think of that one. I guess by yeah. probably. Let's see. When are when are when is we going to go see The Exorcist? It's gonna be the the for, um, the sixteenth. Okay, so because maybe... originally it was supposed to come out on Friday the thirteenth, but. The devil's scared of Taylor Swift, so you know. Yeah. So yeah, so we'll uh, maybe possibly by the time we do the next, the the uh, House Thousand Corpses Devil's Rejects episode, we may have already seen both of those, so we can talk about. Yep. Son Exorcist. Yeah. And uh, yeah, I'm not. I'm not. Taylor, I'm not going in thinking I'm going to like it. <laughs> <laughs> no, I mean. Definitely not positive about the Exorcist one. No. Saw is one of those things where I don't really have it. Have it, you know, what's with that skin in the game? Because like, yeah, I've only seen the first three movies and then right. Spiral. So like, right. um, you know, I know you you went and saw them every time that they came out. Yeah, I see the Midnight Challenge. Yeah, where I like, yeah, I'm not. I've only I only really seen the first three movies, and um, that's partly because uh, when they came out, I was kind of, you know, how they kind of got saw kind of got lumped in with the whole torture porn thing alongside right. know, hostel and stuff, and like when I was like a teenager, I was kind of put off by that kind of stuff. Like, I, you know, I wasn't really into that kind of extreme, yeah, type of type of gore movie or whatever, and yeah. so. I didn't see, see Saw or Hostel until like I think twenty. Like, I think I saw Saw for the first time in like two thousand nine. Okay. Um, and then I was surprised that like, oh, this isn't that. This isn't really a torture porn movie. I I think, I think that really starts with Saw three. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. The the more like how it's like it's just about like showing what kind of crazy trap we can do. You know. Yeah. But yeah, like 
So I ended up liking that a lot more, but I never really ventured past the third one. Like eventually, right. eventually one day I need to watch all of them. They're all on Peacock right now. Yeah, yeah. I, fi- I think it's Peacock. I figured that can be one of our uh, our series episodes. You know? Oh yeah, dude. Like you know, next year we can do Halloween, right? And maybe the year after we can do Saw or something like that. You know? Yeah, spoiler uh, alert! First Saw, I thought I was gonna hate it halfway through the movie. Right. <laughs> I was like, this sucks. I already know who the killer is. The fuck? Jessica done a better job hiding it than my and mind. Is and your mind's blown at the end, yeah. <laughs> I was like, what the fuck? Yeah, because I feel like that would be a good good series one to do, like to uh, right. talk about the series. And, you know, maybe I'll, I'll save myself until then for like the other ones I haven't seen. Yeah. I mean, I own them all, so. Yeah. The, um, you don't need to watch Jigsaw, I can promise you that. Yeah, that one wasn't good. No, no, it was terrible. I didn't see it in theaters. I was like, I wasn't, I mean, it's not that I was burnt out on Saw, but I was like, what the hell are they trying to do now? Yeah. And then somebody bought for me from like on Christmas from on Blu-ray and I watched it. I was like, well, yeah, all right. Because <laughs> yeah, I, I had heard that the final Saw, like they, they close it out very good, right? Like, yeah. The storyline. Like I had heard, I had heard that 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 they had done well with like closing out the storyline, right? So yeah, they did. That's why I was like, why did they make this movie? Right, and then of course we got Spiral, which was the first movie that we went to in the theaters after COVID. Yep. Which, uh, I guess, like again, coming out as somebody who has only three seen like three Saw movies and and you know going to it, I I had fun watching that movie. I I, oh, I, I did too. I later on was like a lot of a lot of people hated that movie, and I thought. I mean, some of the acting wasn't the best, but overall, I thought it was a pretty good movie, you know? Right. I think what people, I think a lot of people hate is because you don't have John Kramer. Well, he's dead. <laughs> yeah. How many more flashbacks can we do? <laughs> yeah. Like, I feel like they're trying to push the, the story ahead. Right. You know I mean? And uh, and push things ahead and, and do something different. And I feel like they did a you know pretty good job of that overall. Yeah. I mean, I don't know what people are expecting. It's not like it's like fine cinema or something. It's right. a fucking Saw movie. You know what I mean? <laughs> I, my only complaint with Spiral was I just thought they should have uh, used Tobin Bell's voice for the puppet still. Like, you know, you had the new puppet or whatever. Yeah. Instead of like that weird voice they use, like, I thought it would have been better if they just would have used him still just for that. Like, right. Know. Let's keep that. Yeah, it was, yeah, yeah. I didn't thought it was it was it was a, you know it was an enjoyable movie to watch. Like I had fun watching it. I mean, I didn't have like expectations, and I didn't think it was gonna be some great movie. You know, I mean, yeah, it's like so, I'm going to saw times going cool. They're 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 trying to go back to the beginning because they're not dead. It's not like it's a flashback of a scene. They're doing a whole movie like between two and three. Right. Yeah. Between one and two. Sorry. Between one and two. Is it between one and two or is it two or three? It's between one and two, I heard. I think it's like it's supposed to be like six months after the first one ends. So is it like setting up two kind of like yeah, with um two a bit. Is what's her name in it? Uh, yeah, she's in it. Yeah. So yeah, is, she plays Amanda. So this is gonna show how Amanda becomes like Jigsaw's like uh you know, uh person kind of, you know what I mean? Yeah, I think it's going to. Okay, yeah. So and then like I do like the premise of it, how like these like bullshit fake doctors tell him, you know, they can care his cancer, but he has to go to Mexico for it. Right. 
and he finds out it was all a scam and that's what it's all about is him like getting revenge on them. So it's kind of cool to see like a different perspective with Jigsaw instead of it just about, you know, live or die. Yeah. I feel like I feel like Jigsaw's um MO is a little bit, you know, sometimes his thought process and stuff was kinda like I don't know about that, man. Right. Right. <laughs> like like in the first movie, what's his name? Adam or whatever, like the guy yeah. played Leo Le- 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 L- He didn't really do anything wrong. No, he just took pictures of a dude. Yeah, he just he took pictures of a dude because he was hired to by the cop. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. And like Jigsaw was treating him like he was like the biggest piece of shit in the world. You know what I mean? Right. <laughs> You're just like, I don't I feel like uh I feel like you know, and then in the second movie he's like, I don't kill people. And I'm like I beg to differ there, Mr. Jigsaw. <laughs> right. <laughs> Putting um, somebody in an inescapable situation where they could die yeah. I think counts. Yeah. I, think counts. <laughs> I don't know. You got to check your priorities there, sir. I mean, because I could see it sometimes where you're like, okay, yeah, he's giving them opportunity. Like, even right. in the second movie, he gives them an opportunity, like, if they had worked together and actually listened to his instructions, they probably could have survived in that house. Yeah. Oh but, yeah. But they didn't, you know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. And uh, again, if the cop had listened, then he would have been fine too. So I, I do, I do see a jigsaw tries to give people, but still, I mean, you're putting somebody in a situation. It's like, right. Like, and some of, sometimes it's, it's like, there's no way somebody could survive that. Yeah. You're lying. Jigsaw. Like, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, nobody's exactly. gonna nobody's gonna survive that shit. No. No, not really. But uh yeah, I mean but yeah, I feel like like that there's a lot of people who don't seem to really it seems like to nowadays there's kind of some people who really like that era of horror in the early two thousands, some people who don't seem to. Yeah. And for me I felt like it was a great era of horror, you know what I mean? Like oh, yeah. I like I feel like it was like a uh real great time period probably really starting to kick off and like maybe like i remember like when house on haunted hill remake came out in 99 yeah like that was kind of for me like that that crossover point you know what i mean where it's like yeah it still had that 90s feeling somewhat of like a movie like demon knight right but um but it was kind of like crossing into that next era you know what i mean where you know yeah we got a lot of good stuff i mean and it wasn't just torture porn and like ultra violent right. movies i mean because we also got like paranormal activity and and what 13 ghosts 13 ghosts and you know like uh the others and you know yep. uh fucking the dawn dead remake and yep. the ring the ring yeah i mean I, I feel like it was like really like great era for horror you know yeah in my opinion like that whole oh thing. yeah just like I love the remake of Texas Chainsaw Massacre. Yeah, I think it's a very, it's a really good remake, you know. And granted, we also got after that Texas Chainsaw one, there was like a whole string of kind of cruddy remakes. But you had, did yes. have like some that were really good, like this one. You had that one. You had Hills of Eyes. Yeah, which is probably better than the original movie, in my opinion. Oh, I agree, hundred percent. It's also a movie that uh, I, I've only seen like once, and I'm good. Yeah, you also don't take the six-year-old too, like I told you. Yeah, <laughs> some like, fucking fuck? dumb bitch shaking a six-year-old to hills have eyes. Yeah, it's crazy. It's like, um, 
what are you doing? <laughs> um, yeah, I mean, I just feel like I have a lot of nostalgia for that time for horror. Oh, yeah, dude. Like the 2000, 2010s. I just feel like yep. uh, trickier, or yeah, up to like the early 2010s. Like, I just feel like that was such a such a strong era for, for horror, you know? Oh, yeah, dude. Yeah. There's another horror movie coming in November. We should go try to see in theaters if we can. What's that? Thanksgiving. Oh, yeah, the what, the the Eli Roth one? Yeah. Yeah, I definitely, definitely check that out. Yeah, I mean, now it, Zombie just needs to do Werewolf. Yeah, I would like to see Werewolf Women of the SS. It'd be so good. Yes. It'd be a perfect type of Rob Zombie movie, you know? You, yes, could, you could do all his Rob Zombieisms and it would be perfect. Yep. 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 One thing we forgot to mention about Demon Knight is the amazing soundtrack for the movie. Oh, yes. Fuck yes. Like, I, I was like pulled it up, and now you know. Obviously, you have Hey Man, Mister Knight, or you know, yeah, hey, whatever the shop, <laughs> like messing up the title. Uh, but then you got fucking, um, you got Pantera with Cemetery Gates, the Demon Knight edit, which is great. You got Ministry Tonight We Murder. No, you got Machine Head when when Machine Head was still good, right? Um. You got Rollins Band, Filter, Sepultura, Melvin's, Megadeth. I mean, and then Gravediggers at the end, 1-800-Suicide. Nice. Like, that's a crazy good soundtrack. Yeah, it is. I forgot how good that soundtrack was. Holy shit. Yeah, it's amazing. And it's pretty much all metal. And then you got Gravediggers at the end, which is like one of the best rap groups ever, you know? Yep. And it's like, that was the thing about the 90s, man. Like, the fucking horror movie soundtracks were were killing it like um like the spawn soundtrack which had all the music that, that was just made for the soundtrack that was fucking yeah that, not the movie the soundtrack is amazing yeah the movie's not very good but the the soundtrack is fucking killer i was listening to it the other day nice it's on spotify yeah it's just a cool idea because you got like metal bands like making music with like electronic people you know right like uh marilyn manson sneaker pips or like yep. you know oh yeah dude rollins and goldie or whatever you know like it's cool right um that was way cool yeah uh, i'm trying to think like the blade soundtrack was cool yeah my all-time favorite still the crow soundtrack yeah i feel like the crow soundtrack is kind of what kicked the whole thing off yeah i think so because that that soundtrack Sold almost as much as the movie did. It was such a huge fucking right. kind of. Yeah, let's see, so our crow soundtrack, Nine Inch Nails, uh, uh, Thrill Kill Call, Violent Femmes, Jane Seabury, Helmet, Rollins Band, Jesus and Mary Chain, Medicine, the Cure, Rage Against the Machine, For Love Not Lisa, Pantera, Stone Temple Pilots, and Machines of Love and Grace. Yeah, yep, it's a great soundtrack. I mean. And it's it's like uh, yeah, I mean, and I feel like that is what kicked off because that came out like '94. Yeah, I'm thinking like uh, maybe you also had like stuff like I'm trying to think of what if maybe like the Natural Born Killers was maybe was before that, which is another big soundtrack. But that was like you know not quite the same, but it was you know put together by Trent Reznor and everything. Yeah, when did that come out? Looking it up real quick. Natural Born Killers soundtrack. 
Yeah. 90s was like the golden age of the the, the soundtrack album for me, for movies, you know? Yeah. Yeah, it came out in 94, so same year as The Crow. Right. I'm trying to think of anything before that that was really like, you know, soundtrack album, you know, everyone had. Everyone had that, the Pulp Fiction soundtrack, you know? Yeah. The Crow one, I mean... I was yeah, obviously Demon Knight, you know, and and um, there's like uh, yeah, there's a lot of really good soundtrack albums from the '90s, you know. Yeah. Even uh, a soundtrack for House on Honda Hill I mentioned earlier is really good. It's got like Marilyn Manson and stuff like that. Right. Uh, and also the score for that movie is really good too. But right. yeah, the uh, it, some of it's funny though because like say the soundtrack album for Demon Knight. Not all those songs are in the movie, right? Right. But it's just like they, you know, some of them are like, but nope. then they just, you know, filled the soundtrack with music that had the right vibe or whatever, you know, which I, I think is kind of a cool idea. Oh, yeah. But yeah, something you don't really see that as much anymore. I don't feel like. No, nah, not as much. Not at the same level. I mean, no, like, I think I don't know. Yeah, no. First, I guess it's also a part of like you know back then everyone bought the C CD, you know. Yeah. Like. Yeah. You know, everyone had the crow. You know what I mean? Like that was just one of those oh, ones yeah. that you 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 bought. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. So I guess it's just a little bit different because it's like, uh, yeah, and it's funny how much similar the soundtracks for the crow and uh, Demon Knight are too. <laughs> right. They both got like a lot of similar artists. I think the last movie soundtrack I bought was uh, Queen of the Damned. Yeah, that would have been like what two thousand. Yeah, something like that. Yeah, I think that almost seems like the 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 end of that whole era in a lot of ways, yeah. you know. And then the last movie soundtrack I bought that's not like band wise, but just the score was The Dark Knight. Right. Yeah, there's a lot of yeah. I like I like a lot of good scores, like yeah. But yeah, I mean, band band ones. Yeah, I think I'm trying to think of all of too many coming after Queen of the Damned because it was like 2000. Right. But I don't know. I'd have to think about it. But yeah, of course they had also the Matrix soundtrack, which is another one that oh, yeah, yeah. we still listen yeah. to a lot. Like that remix of Dragula on it. <laughs> right. Yeah, that was the thing. Like, they're like, let's do electronic uh, remixes of metal album, metal songs. Yep. That was like, that was such a big thing with those soundtracks in the 90s. Yeah, it was. <laughs> the, um, Hell yeah. The, um, so yeah. I'm trying to think. But yeah, I guess uh, anything else you want to talk about this episode? No, I think I'm good, dude. I'm not sure what else to say. Yeah. <laughs> I think we got we got Demon Knight covered and everything, and yeah, hopefully by next episode we'll have uh have seen uh, we can report on uh, at least Saw, if not both Saw yeah. and Exorcist. So yeah, definitely, know. dude. Hell yeah. See how that goes. Hell yeah. Cool, dude. Well, have cool, a dude. good night. You too, man. Perfect. Thanks, bro. Yes, thank you. Bye. Bye, bye.
Before you wanna die, commit suicide, dial 1-800-Sinai line. Far's right, yo, it ain't worth it. Put a rope around your neck and jerk it. The trick didn't work. Your life was fucked up from the first day of birth. After watching Jackie Gleason walk into a precinct, gun down a captain for no fucking reason. And get some LSD or a drink from the bar. Get behind your wheel and crash the car. Like Desert Storm, got bombs for the war. Confront an alligator, let it eat your roar. Back to the function, riding the caboose to hell. Dizzy, touch the third rail. You fucked up, chicken. Now you just got fried, cause it's a suicide.